0: Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. Father, we do love you. And God, uh, we're just so grateful to be your people. God, I just thank you for every family that's here. I thank you, Lord Jesus, for the opportunity to pray and dedicate these little kids, and we ask Lord Jesus that they would grow up loving you and following you and loving your word and being men of prayer. And we ask Lord Jesus that you would strengthen um, us today as we listen. We ask Lord God that we would apply these ideas. Father, we ask that this gathering on Sunday mornings would not be Christian entertainment or just fellowship and hanging out, although we do enjoy fellowship, but God, we ask Lord, Ignite a fire in our hearts. Lord, strengthen us in our inner man that we would be real disciples, that we would love walking with you, that we would go out of here and, and follow you, Lord God, today and tomorrow and the next day. And we thank you for what you're going to do. We love you and all of Radiant said, amen. amen. So Renata and I, uh, when we left Colorado, some of the people that were hardest to leave uh, was a couple named Randy and Christy Valentine. Christy and Renata were super, super close. Been really, really good friends, and and then I don't know if you're like us, but sometimes for those of you that are married, you ever you ever have that challenge to find like that perfect couple friendship? You know what I'm saying? It's like it's like it's like Renata can have a close friend, or I'll have a close friend, and we'll try to get together as couples, and it's like like Renata and the lady are just like, and you know, really fitting, and me and the dude like, how you doing? You know, like just. What's up? You know, I don't really, you know, or, or vice versa. You know, like Renata and I, I'll be hanging with the dude and we're just, ba, 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 ba. I like to talk coffee or theology or something that I like. And Renata and the lady are like, blue, just missing. Well, we had this couple that it was like, it was just awesome. I mean, we just, we loved hanging out together, uh, loved playing together. We'd go do stuff outside together, hang out. Um, Christy and Renata had a lot in common. Randy and I did as well. Randy was actually, um, He's about six foot four. He eats perfectly. He works out every single day. And uh, we just had so much that was in common. Uh, looks like he stepped out of GQ magazine. And so when we would walk into a restaurant, I just always felt so confident walking in with Randy. Um, but anyway, they were, they were just some of our closest friends. And so um, when we moved here, of course, you know, we tried to get them to come with us. And we just started praying for, over them. Oh God, let them come to Kansas City. And Christy came actually a couple of weeks ago, and and we're still praying it. So we hope we hope that they're here one day. But it's a cool story about Christy and Randy. They um they got married and uh, young, and and actually were not Christ followers. And their story is one where they were completely living for themselves and li- kind of living some of the party scene. And and when you get around them, I mean they're super fun and they're. They're, you know, smart and they're just, they're just the full, I mean, I promise you they would, would have been like, you know, the king and queen at homecoming court. They're just that kind of tribe. And, and uh, Christy, though, um, she, she developed leukemia and, um, and she was given by the doctors a 14% chance to live. And in the midst of her storm, in the midst of her tragedy, uh, she was in the hospital And in a state of just, you can imagine, anguish and and the thought that she was probably going to die, she, for the first time, said, God, if you're real, God, I, I turn to you in the midst of this struggle. And in the midst of that challenging, hard season or storm, she then began to pray. And of course, her story now is she then was healed by God and, and then had two little kids and those boys are close friends with my boys and hopefully they'll never be close friends with my girls. And uh, <laughs> and um, sorry, I just had caffeine this morning and I'm in this lighthearted mood. I'm <laughs> making fun of connection cards. Um, <laughs> I'll get focused. <clears throat> and, um, but anyway, and, and But anyway, but we saw with with Christy, this this moment where she began to just, she turned to God in the midst of the storm. And and I, I want us to think right now, not just in terms of salvation, but as we live out our lives and we're determined in this series called I Will Follow, to follow Jesus in every circumstance. My hope and my prayer is that for you, whatever hardship season you're in, that your first step will be to say, like the disciples here in the text we're about to read, that you would turn to Jesus. And right now, uh, the challenging part is that you're probably in a storm. Now, I know that's hard to say. And sometimes when you talk about storms, it's difficult because you're not really sure if it's a storm or not. Some of you, you go, I I know, it's a storm. And, and, And of course, storm is this metaphor for hardship or for difficulty. But the reality is, is that if you're not, currently in a storm, there's a high probability that one is coming. (laughs) And I'm not saying that to be depressing. I'm just saying that because that's what life looks like. In fact, Jesus told us that we would go through hardships and trouble. And so the issue is not, will you have hardships and trouble? It's how will you respond in the midst of the trouble? How will you respond in the midst of the storm? And when we look at these disciples, there's this turning to Jesus in the midst of their storm. And my prayer is that you, in the midst of whatever you're going through, whether it be physical with your health or whether it be financial. Maybe it's relational. Maybe it's you just, you're looking for those right friends and and there's this hope that one day the money's gonna be right and the friendships are gonna be close. The health is finally gonna be there. But for each one of us, as we look at our lives, the challenge is, is that we probably go storm to storm. And the challenge and the conviction of the Christ follower is to make a resolution that says, when those around me have decided to run to addictions, to my own strength, to anything other than Christ, in the midst of my storm, I will run to Jesus. I'll turn to Jesus. I'm not gonna live my life running towards everything else or anything else. But right now, I turn to you. And so I want you to look at Mark chapter four and I want us to take a few moments and read this text today because this is a great interaction between Jesus and his disciples. All right, that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, uh, let us go over to the other side, which I find just that part interesting right there. It's Jesus' idea to lead them into the storm. (laughs) Mm. I thought Jesus was gonna take me out of all my storms. That's called heaven. And one day, There will be no tears, but it is interesting that Jesus leads his own guys into a storm because probably on the back end of the chaos, there is something that they come out stronger with. So it is probably for you. As painful as that is, this is not the day yet where we have all things perfect. This is the day where we lean on the one who is perfect. And so in the midst of your storm today, you gotta know, it's highly probable that even as a Christ follower, Jesus may have led you into that storm. It may not be because you have been making your own choices. It could possibly be that Jesus knows what's best for you, leads you. I'm not saying every circumstance, but I am saying that for some. Okay, that's another sermon. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. A furious squall or storm came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. And Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion, which is just bizarre. I mean, I just don't know if you can imagine. Here you're about to die and Jesus is asleep. There's so much in that picture right there. I mean, so many of the scholars point out that this is the ultimate text that personifies Jesus demonstrating being fully God and fully man. Because in just a moment, he's about to quiet the storm, speak to the winds and the waves, and creation ex- itself is going to become calm at the words of Christ. Yet at the same time, he's just been doing ministry, and in this moment, he's actually sleeping. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, look at this. Look at the way they respond. Don't you care if we drowned? Mad at God. Just like people you know. It goes all the way back here. And they've been hanging out with him, and he's been, he's called them. And they are learning to teach like him, and pray like him, and be like him. And yet, even in the midst of this, Storm, there's this accusation. Ah, don't you care about me? Ever been there? Come on, God, I'm in the storm. Don't you care about me? And he got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Which interestingly enough, number one command in scripture is fear not. Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. So moments after being angry at God, God, don't you care about me? What's your deal? What's the story? Then boom, Jesus stands up, looks at the wind and the waves and says, quiet, be still. And this after the storm is the response that looks like, hi, hi, who is this? There is a eyes wide open, heart elevated, curiosity growing, wonder, anticipation in the midst of the chaos. He doesn't just heal. We've watched him heal. He doesn't just preach really well and baffle the crowds. We've heard him speak well. We've seen him heal. But now these disciples who have left everything to follow him are at this moment seeing something they would have never seen if they hadn't gone through the storm. And they're looking at him with awe and wonder going, who is he? He speaks and the wind and the waves obey him. And you can imagine if you are a disciple and you see Jesus responding to the storm with great power, you go, Wow. Huh. You're even better than I thought you were. Who I who are you after all? Who? How? Who? What? And my prayer for us is that you and I would make this choice, this decision, that we would turn to Jesus in the midst of every storm. And I know how simple that sounds. The question is not, is it easy to know? Is is it possible for us to do? Because we all know that we ought to, but the challenge is on Tuesday or Friday, will you? Because it's interesting because these, at least four of these fishermen, this was the very sea or lake that they had been professionals at fishing in. They'd fought storms before. And so for you and for me, when we're in an area that we've been through before, it's easy for us to not turn to Jesus first, but to turn to our own strength first. Hey, 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 I've been through this before. And lean on your own strength instead of turning to him. And so as you go through whatever you're going through, that relational challenge, that parent, That just won't forgive you. That child that you just want to no longer be a prodigal. That financial mountain that just won't move. The temptation is to say, hey, put on my own strength. I've been here before. I can do this. We've got enough American independence in us that we go, watch me. Here we go. And you'll put maybe your last name in there, Ma'am Perkins. We don't give up. This is about me. Or maybe we go, thanks for that lap, Brandon. I appreciate that. Or we'll say, hey, I, I, I'm, I mean, or the region. This is, hey, I'm a Midwesterner. This is do it, or, or, or something. But it's referring to your own strength where in the Jesus way, it's like a disciple who knows that sea well, has lived on that sea, has been a fisherman on that sea, has worked it, was an expert on it. And yet here is this rabbi from Galilee and he's sleeping in my boat. And the challenge is, is that, Actually, the greatest thing that you can do is run to him first. Jesus, hey, not, don't you care? But hey, Jesus, I know that you care. So since you care, can you calm the storm? Hey, wake up. Help me out. That's called prayer. (laughs) Hey, the heavens are brass. Where you at? Hey, Jesus, help us out here. And in your journey, today, wherever you're at, the best thing you can do is not say, well, I've been here before and after all, I've got my health and I've got my money and I've got my relationships and I've got my resume and I've got my education so I can figure this thing out. And Jesus, I'll let you know if I need you. But in the midst of your journey, the great disciple that has decided I will follow goes, I'm not gonna lean on my own understanding. In all my ways, I'm gonna trust and you, and so, oh God, I come to you And I know you have the ability and the power And so, I'm going to run to you in the midst of this I love the story of the teacher Who was uh, teaching the kids in preschool and, and he was teaching on this story And then had to line up the kids Because a snowstorm was uh, beating down on the school And so the kids had to go to a safe place And it's kind of a famous story But the teacher who was interrupted by the snowstorm and as was preaching or teaching this text to little kids, Jesus calms the storm. And as they're walking to safety, one of the little kids goes, hey, we sure could use that guy Jesus about now. (laughs) (laughs) And you know what? The preschool kid got it right. Because you know what? That's really our position day after day. Hey, Jesus, I really could use you about now. Hey, Jesus, it seems like there's a storm going on and I don't want this storm to go on much longer. And, and so I come to you first. And even though you're tempted to turn to everything else, our culture turns to hobbies, their own strength, education, money. Not, none of those things are bad things. It's just not first things. And so Jesus is always first. All throughout the scriptures, you find emphasis on order. And we come to Jesus first. We come to him and say, okay, Jesus, here's my storm. I don't know, I, but I trust you. And your culture tells you when you come to a storm, you flex. Mm. Perkins, we get through storms. Midwesterners, we get through storms. You know, fill in the blank. We, the businessmen, we get through storms. We've been through this, but we've been through hard times before. And the culture says Flex. The Christ follower knows we lean. Flexing's fun. Everybody look at me. Leaning is glorifying the one who created you, who created all things. And you have the opportunity in the midst of your storm to lean or flex. What are you gonna do? In the midst of this storm that you're in. And I, the reason why I say it so definitively is that it's, it's just, It's just the reality. It's just the reality. People's storms are different. But man, it's tempting to just get your eye on the storm. And every time you sit down over coffee to just talk about the storms. But you know, one of the greatest things that you can grow in your walk with Christ is when you sit down over coffee, if the conversation shifts from frequently allowing the storm conversation to shift to talking about the Savior situation. Where let's just talk about our Father. Let's just talk about God. I have a close friend that uh, I, he, he was—he's dynamic and his passion is helping the poor, and he's actually dedicated his life to that. And I'll never forget my first coffee with him. We sat down at a Starbucks, and usually when I meet with other pastors, the conversation quickly goes towards kind of what they're doing or who they know or what their vision is, what they're going to do. And I'll just never forget this guy. He was, back then we were in our 20s and he looked at me and uh, I said, how you doing? And he goes, let's just talk about our father. And it's kind of like, but I've never forgotten that because then we spent that entire hour that we had and that, one-hour meeting, and all we did was just talk about Jesus. And you know what? I have had probably 2,000 coffee meetings, and that one ranks in the top five. You want to know why? Because it marked me. Yeah, let's, let's, if we can talk about the Savior instead of talking about the storm, the truth is our eyes get in a better place. And we feel all the emotions of, yeah, but I need you to know what's going on. I need you to know my storm. Here's the reality. You're going to have a lot of storm friends. If you have a few Savior friends, they will help you through the storm. You got a few comrades where it's like, yeah, I got a lot of people I can talk about storms with because a lot of people like to talk about storms. But you, get, you, get, you just get a little bit of friends where the delight is, let's talk about our father. Let's talk about who God is and you'll find great strength. I love the story of John Wesley as he was a missionary coming to the Americas. And, and it's an epic story because the Moravians, a, uh, which was the first Protestant missions movement in history, and they had been crying out to God in prayer in Hernhut, 1727. And the great reality of John Wesley's life, who went on to help lead the Great Awakening in America, and he uh, is one of my heroes. And I love his story because he was on a boat headed to the United States. And the storm came. And in the midst of the storm, he feared for his life and began to tremble and worry and fear, and this story goes that he heard some Moravians that began to worship and pray in the midst of the storm. And as they began to worship and pray, he recognized that they possessed something that he lacked. And so he went to them and he began to worship and pray with them. And then the story is that he was intrigued with Jesus, intrigued with their heartfelt devotion and wanted to know more about them because of how they responded in the storm. May it be true of us. May it be true of us that like those Moravians in that storm, that you would be the person in the midst of the storm at your business and everybody else is just angry and saying stuff and mad and talking about the boss and how could this happen? And and you've got anchored in your soul. God, I trust you in the storm. And when that happens, Just like Wesley was intrigued by the Moravians, guarantee it, people will look at you and say, what's with you? Why are you okay? Why why on your lips is there not perpetual anger and fear and rage and pain? You will have the opportunity to talk about, let me tell you, not about my storm, but about my Savior. And no matter what storm I go through, I'm okay. That's the language of Paul in Philippians 4. Paul says in Philippians 4, which I love, he says, I have learned the secret of being content in all things. Now this is interesting. We take his famous phrase when Paul talks about, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And that's often something that we use for our own goals, our own ambition. Man, I can run a... Four-minute mile, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You know, I can win the hot dog eating contest. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. You know, I can I can I can be number one at this. I can do all things through but but if you look at that context, Paul is talking about difficulty and suffering. And so the language there, I have learned the secret of being content in all things. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength is this no matter what storm comes, I'm okay. I've got a savior. Circumstance doesn't dictate if I am okay. I am going to lean and trust and turn to Jesus. And so you know what? I'll be alright. That's our first step when a storm comes. Number one, turn to Jesus. Second one I want to invite you to is this. Behold his power. Disciples, turn to Jesus. Jesus, we're in the storm. Wake And then the next part of the story is Jesus looks at the wind and the waves and jaws drop as he speaks and the creator looks at the creation that he's already created and says, quiet, be still. Or another translation, peace, be still. That's how I learned it. A song, peace, be still. You know that one. Maybe you don't. (laughs) You didn't grow up in church like I did. Jesus looks at the storm and the text here says, the disciples, who is this? My, oh, my, oh, my. When you go through the storm, it's your opportunity to see his power. If you'll turn to him in the midst of it, then, only then, are you in the position to be able to see his powerful miracle. And so your storm might be your friend. Because you might see the power of God in a way you thought impossible. In a way that you thought there is no chance, there is no way. And these disciples all of a sudden see Jesus in a way that they marvel. One of the saddest things in our lives is when we become so used to how we perceive Jesus is going to operate that we no longer have faith to see the power of God in our lives. And we begin to underestimate his power. If we'll just lean on him and pray and just ask him, hey, Jesus, you might just see more power than you've ever seen. And what we love to do is, hey, let's put Jesus in this box where I can explain it. This is how he works. I wanna go to a church where I can define everything. I wanna make it work. And Jesus is constantly ripping open the boxes and saying, don't box me in. No, I'm more powerful than you can fathom. I'm more, and we so often underestimate the potential power of God in our midst if we will just turn to him in the midst of our storm. And he's got power. He is omnipotent. But we often have this view of Jesus like it's just sweet, cute, nice little Jesus rather than the Jesus who's the King of the nations. It's like, it's like even when you look at just pictures and movies, and and it's hard for any picture or movie to do Jesus justice. You just can't do it. You can't. We we, we don't know, but it's so often that you see this kind of sweet, quiet, nice Jesus. I grew up with a cup. I'm a triplet, so my sister Dana had a pink cup. Deborah had a green cup. David had a blue cup, and on each cup, we got them when we were like three, and it was like your cup, so you don't, you know, like dirty up five dishes a week. You just, we always had the same cup. You rinse it out when we were little kids, and on my blue cup was Jesus It's a little cartoon Jesus, and he's just holding this little lamb, you know? (laughs) It's just a little sweet Jesus with a lamb. I don't remember Dana's cup or Deborah's cup. I just remember my blue cup. I always needed something blue or black because I was born with two girls, and I was desperate to prove I'm a man, but never wanted pink or green or just black and blue. But anyway, or brown. But I had this blue cup, and I think, you know, even when I look at that, I'm like, where do we even see Jesus holding a sheep? the Bible. I mean, I know you could say, well, there's the parables and Jesus, you know, is, he's a good shepherd, but, but I'm talking in the gospels where he's actually holding a sheep. Let me know if you can find it. Where's Jesus with the sheep? Anyway, when we look at Jesus, Jesus is he's powerful all through the texts. I mean, when, when you've got the savior speaking to the storm, you've got the savior, I mean, combating the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the teachers of the law. You've got Jesus casting out demons. He's not fearful and scared. Jesus said, I'll, I'll take on the religious leaders. Come on, baby. I'll take on the storm. I'll, go, I'll take on the, the, the demons. I'll, I'll take them all on. Let's go. And Jesus is ferocious. He's, he's powerful. He's strong. And sometimes one of the weaknesses that we have is we just embody, we think about merely just that side of Jesus And we, like the disciples, underestimate his power. Jesus, I'm not used to you speaking to the storm. I'm used to you just kind of teaching well and healing some people. But oh my goodness, the storm ceases when he verbalizes the word quiet, be still. Who is he? And if you don't behold his power, you will never really understand the power of Christ in you. And so one of the, your biggest strengths is let me see your power and then you get your eyes riveted on that and you'll be able to grow in and that power man that power is available to me today and you can imagine these disciples they suddenly made the scholars say that it's highly probable that they're starting to connect the dots like here the rabbi from Galilee the savior and he speaks And that these disciples would remember. This really might just be the son of God. Who was the God over the storms with Jonah. Remember? Remember? Just throw out Jonah and the storm ceases. Or this might really be the God who can calm the winds and the waves. Or create like the Red Sea for the Israelites to go through. He what? He is. He could. Whoa! And that there was this thought process. My oh my oh my. Who is he? He is God. That's my prayer that we would grow in just beholding His power. That this power of Jesus would not lie dormant in our lives, but that it would be strong. We would have greater faith and the Savior who's come to calm our storm, then in just the storm will always be there. It's always going to exist. I can imagine these disciples even remembering, you know, Psalms. Throughout the Psalms, there's these are just these different verses where it talks about that God has the power over the seas. Psalm 65, who stilled the roaring of the seas, the roaring of their waves. Psalm 107, he stilled the storm to a whisper. Psalm 89, nine. you rule over the surging sea. When its waves mount up, you still them. And it's just quite possible that there's this, wow, he is God. Same for us. When you are in the midst of that storm and you turn to Jesus, you have the opportunity to see his power. And just like the disciples, you come out of it going, wow, Jesus, wow, who is this? And we know that Jesus I mean, he's actually created the lake. Like, he's not, he's looking at the guys going, guys, guys, guys. Come on, I remember making this. John 1, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. And the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. He's like, guys, guys, I, this, ah, Peter, James, John, Andrew, you guys think you're such a great but You don't even know who I am. Fellas, I got this. I wish you could see. And he says that to us, guys, 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 guys. And we're like, but God, I can't pay my cell phone bill. He's like, guys, 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 come to me. I'm bigger than you can fathom. I'm more great than you can imagine. I think, I just, I love all these moments where we just see this hint of power. And Jesus is like, guys, I'm more powerful than you can imagine, a moment. Matthew 26, remember? Jesus uh, Jesus is about to be arrested and Peter goes and he, you know, he cuts off the ear of the servant of the priest. And Jesus kind of looks at Peter like, Peter, come on, man. Picks up the ear. I just think that's a crazy story. I mean, awkward. Whose was this? I mean, And he goes to the guy with the ear and he puts it on. And then he scolds Peter. Peter's just trying to defend him. Taking into my own strength. I'm the fisherman. Storm, I can calm this. Here we go. raw flex. And Jesus goes, Peter, 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 Peter. If I, if I, I could call 12 legion angels, you don't, I, you don't know how much power I got. If I call my father, send 12,000 legions. Peter, I know that you're awesome. But I don't need you like you think I need you. I got more power than you can fathom. And man, you go, billions of people on the planet today. I'm not sure God's got the power. He's got the power. And you can walk through your storm, and He looks at you and He goes, Don't flex, lean. Look at me. Turn to me in the midst of your storm. Turn to me. Don't underestimate the power that I possess. And then lastly, when you go through that, you're forever stronger. Like if you hadn't gone through the storm, you wouldn't be looking at Jesus going, who is he? The way that you are when you have a history with Jesus and your story is, he healed me. He saved me. He helped me. Throughout, I mean, go, go sit in nursing homes and talk to Christ followers and Every time when you ask them to tell them about their lives, their, their favorite thing to do when they talk about Jesus is how he was with me in my darkest day. And we always want to use Jesus to leverage him to get what we want. But Jesus always is wanting to say, walk with me and I'll become what you want. Walk with me, walk closely, and I'll become a greater desire for you than perfect finances, perfect friendships, and don't get me wrong, man. I, I want I want those things. I'm not saying those things are wrong. I'm just saying they're second. And if in your storm you run to second instead of running to first, that was not meant to be baseball. If you if you're if you're turning to Jesus first, that's where you win. And so that's my prayer that we would figure out a way. Okay, God, I'm going to run to you. And I would encourage you with this, whatever storm you're in, don't waste it. Don't waste it. Your storm that currently seems like chaos could be your invitation to turn to Jesus and see his power. But if you flex and if you take it on your own and run to whatever else, anything other than him, you will not see the level of his power power like you would have if you would have said, Savior, save me. The winds and the waves are more than I can handle. And I'm going to die. And I don't think I can get myself out of this. I think only you can keep me from drowning. I think I need God more than I need my own strength. And if you can get to that place, then when you go through the next storm, you won't see it as your darkest day. You'll see it as another opportunity to lean on the savior, to come out of the storm with greater worship rather than perpetual worry. We always wanna worry. Oh no, oh no, oh no, oh no, a storm. But eyes fixed on Jesus, beholding his power as we walk through our 70, 80 years on the planet. And what will start to happen is you'll become worry Free, worry less, and you'll become Savior filled. You'll become someone who, that confession that's on the disciples, who is this, is your favorite conversation at the cafe. Let's just talk about our Savior. He, he's, oh, oh man, I went through that season, which that's our favorite thing as Christians. We use the word season. You hang out with people who don't know Jesus and they know you're a Christian because you're like, I went through this season, then I went through that season. And they're like, they don't even use the word season. But we're like, oh, I'm just in a season. (laughs) I had a lady tell me that. She was like, I think this guy would work well at your church. I said, what do you mean? She's like, I heard him use the word season, and I always hear you say that. (laughs) Let's stand. Father, we come before you in the powerful name of Jesus. God, we're just weak, frail. But you are strong. You are powerful. You're omnipotent. You can calm the storm that we're walking through today. And on Thursday, and on Saturday, we just come to you today just, just like some followers that our tendency is just to try to make it on our own. We want to look at our bank account. We want to look at our relational skill set, our education, our backbone and work ethic, our finances and our resumes. But Jesus, today, we realign our hearts with this. We will look to you. We will turn to Jesus that we might behold your power we may come out of whatever storm we're in stronger than ever before with a confession like the disciples had after this storm. Who is he? He is awesome. He is the king of all kings. He is the Lord of all lords. He is the creator. He is my friend. He does care. He is love. He is perfect. And I trust him no matter what storms may come. today if you have not decided to follow jesus maybe you've been living on your own strength your own abilities today you just want to make this choice I, i i can't do it i want jesus i want to invite you just to just repeat just just quietly just between you and jesus just repeat this prayer after me father i come to you in the name of jesus I don't want to lean on my own understanding, my own way, my own abilities, my own money, my own capacities. I want to follow you. I don't want to invite you to come just do my thing. I want to do your thing. I want to follow Jesus. So I changed my mind on living for me and I make this decision, I will follow you. I choose to follow. Come save me from my sin. Come save me from myself. I wanna spend eternity with you. I wanna walk with you. I wanna know you. I wanna be in covenant friendship with God. I give you my life today. Jesus name. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer, we're so excited. I want to invite you just, if you could, just on that connection card, just, just make a little mark right there that tells me that you made that decision. We want to connect you with resources, and people, to help you along the way in your journey. One of the things I love about this church is that every week people are making a decision to follow Jesus. And I love that. That's really what it's all about let's just take this last moment as we prepare to worship here's what i want you to do i want you to just between you and god as we go into this offering, i want you just to submit what you can think of right now as your biggest storm and just say this phrase god i look to you in and then fill in that blank god i look to you in whatever it is and just today Just at least that one area. Let's just make this confession. In this storm. In this challenging season. I'm looking to you in that, God. Amen? All right. Let's give. Let's worship. Let's pray. Go for it. Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at radiantchurchkc.com.